Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Hello and welcome to Dare a New Belief. And what a beautiful day today that we have speaking with Joy Edress. She will pronounce it correctly for me. And <laughs> it's fine. Idris. 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 Joy is a, a woman who I just met recently at a podcasting convention. And I was just drawn to her like a magnet. I was super excited that she agreed to be on my show. So Joy's bio is she has lived a life of struggle, fear, suffering, and pain until a turning point inspired a mission to liberate one million people from suffering and awaken them to the truth that they are much bigger than whatever happens to them and that we always have the potential to live joyfully every day of our lives. So Joy, I would like to swing back to the very beginning sentence when I said that you have lived a life of struggle, fear, suffering, and pain until that turning point. Can you tell us a little bit about what was happening with you that caused all of this struggle and fear and suffering? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be with you today, Nada. Yes. It's a wonderful um, you know, chance to, to get to know each other more and, and, and have this conversation. Thank you very much. Mm. So My pleasure. The question about, okay, the fear, the struggle, the pain, it was it's most of the early part of my life. And in fact, it goes right back to when I was in the womb and I was just about to be born. And this is where I feel it all started. My, it was a home birth and my mother was there with my, well, obviously there, <laughs> uh, with my grandmother. <laughs> I'm glad she showed up for your birth. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh, I love um, you. are adorable. Uh, she was with my grandmother. <laughs> and um, my father was alcoholic. So he was always kind of, he would earn money and then drink it all away and, and you know, causing a lot of stress. Um, and he hadn't quite turned up, you know, when he's supposed to. And so just about as I was you know, coming, starting to come through, he turned up and he was drunk. Absolutely, you know, sodden drunk. My grandmother, who was a bit of a dragon, you know, she was so angry about this. Uh, you know, what's happening to my girl here, you know, with this man, uh, that she hit him over the head with a frying pan. Now, that sounds funny now, but it wasn't funny at the time. Right. It was a frying pan that was made of lead. You know, the one of those big heavy ones in the old days. Oh, man. And, and the result of that was she knocked him unconscious. And she thought that she had killed him. Oh. And my mother thought that too. And what happened was the shock wave went right through her body, went right through me. And, and I felt this impact like an explosion, you know, that I'd been smashed to smithereens you know like a exploded into lots of tiny tiny pieces and uh, it was such a shock uh, so that was my kind of introduction to, to the world and um, it seemed to have set a pattern where I 
was afraid that the world was life-threatening. It was going to come and get me any time. It would smash me to smithereens any time. And of course, you know, what you focus upon, you, you get more of. And, and that was, you know, what really happened. Um, the next part that I remember was when I was about uh, three and a half years, I think maybe a little bit older, four. I, I was excited to make a cake for my mum. I wanted to surprise her and, um, you know, cheer her up because she was always stressing out and shouting and things. She was in another part of the house. And here's me going into the kitchen. I find the flour, I find the butter, I find some salt. I'd seen her use salt. Uh, but I didn't have a dish. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a dish. So I just threw it onto the chair. <laughs> all of it you know together <laughs> and started you know as you do the kneading with my hands you know putting it all together with my hands and, and created one holy mess <laughs> um and so when she, when my mother came in i was expecting her to be excited and oh you're making a cake for mummy you know but of course she was extremely stressed out and and flew into a rage and she grabbed hold of me and she started to shake me like a rag doll. Uh, my head going back and forth, back and forth, you know, almost falling off my neck. And she threw me down with such a force that she split my neck open. So I kind of got it there and then. You know, this is, life is dangerous. It could happen any time. I'm not allowed to have fun. I'm not allowed to relax, you know, because I have to be on my guard in case anything like this happens again. And so, you know, I shut down and um, started to live. Uh, in survival mode, you know, trying to work out what people wanted, being the people pleaser, giving them what they wanted in order to feel safe and in order to feel loved as well, because I'd lost contact with myself. And so, you know, I was looking for love from the outside. Right. This got me into trouble later on. At 14 years old, I, I actually was swimming at a swimming pool and this man started talking to me and I was getting attention and this is I craved it, you know, because I wasn't getting any attention from my mum and dad. Um, and so I was really taken up by this, you know, having some attention. And I, I was babysitting that night and I invited this guy to come for coffee, not knowing what that meant at all. You know, I just thought it meant literally what it meant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this guy turns up and of course he, he was expecting something different. Right. And so when I started to resist, you know, he got very violent and he, and he threw me to the floor and jumped on top of me and ripping away at my clothes. And I started screaming at the top of my voice. I was trying to alert the neighbours. Poor little child who I was babysitting. I have no idea what they were experiencing. But, you know, I was screaming at the top of my voice. And this man, he decided he needed to stop me screaming. So he put his hand around my neck and he squoze so tightly because uh, he was concentrating on whatever else he was doing, that I lost my breath. I couldn't breathe. I was choking for breath. And I, I thought, this, at last, that moment, I'm going to die. Oh, my Lord. At that very moment, I got some adrenaline. And it gave me the power to push him off. And, and I managed to escape. It didn't finish there. There were some disgusting parts that he, he insisted I you know, do as part of allowing me to... to be free but at least I got away with my life you know um, and I didn't you know I didn't tell anyone about it I didn't tell anyone because there was no one there to listen right you know my mum wasn't available my dad wasn't available and as a 14 year old I thought I would just get into trouble right but, you know you don't kind of take it it's a serious thing I thought I was going to die but at the same time I just put it back to sleep again you know 
right yeah. and decided just to carry on my life um living the way i'd been you know i'd learned to live and then i got to a stage where i met a man and decided to get married and this man turned out to be an abusive partner mm. first there was the knives Oh my God. And there was electric wiring that he attached to my wrists and plugged into the electrical outlet and turned it on, but it didn't work by God's grace. Wow. And then one night I was sleeping and something made me open my eyes. No idea what made me open my eyes. There was no noise, no shuffling about, nothing. But when I did open my eyes, I saw a hammer coming towards my head. Oh my God. I just had enough time to reach up and grab the hammer and stop that happening. And I ran away. I ran away from this man. Wow. He chased me, uh, not immediately. I'm, I was running as fast as my legs could carry when I was scared, stiff that he was going to catch me, but he didn't catch me at that point. And I managed to get away. But for several years afterwards, wherever I found a place to hide, um, he would come and find me and there would be other dramas from that. You know, he kidnapped me at one point. I got away from the kidnap because the car crashed. Mm -hmm. ah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what's going on, you know, but I'm grateful that the car crashed because then the police came and I got to the hospital and there was a, I found a way to get away from all of that. Um, you know, whereas I was definitely on my way to, you know, maybe my death again. So, you know, it's like a pattern that came from that first moment that I kept meeting these circumstances in my life where I was being faced with death and, and, and not talking about these things. Or actually, when it came to my husband, I tried to tell people about it, but nobody believed me because he was one of these guys that had a charming manner and face to other people. Sure. Yeah. They just thought I was making it up or I was exaggerating or, you know, and being coming from a, you know, a religious background, I'm supposed to stay there and make it work for the rest of my life, you know. <laughs> but then, you know, I decided, well, till death do us part doesn't quite mean what he's trying to do. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I managed to, uh, to, to keep away from that. He eventually died. Uh, he got into drugs and, and he overdosed. So, uh, so that's, that's the way I got free from that. Um, but all this, keeping all of this in, obviously it had an impact on my body. Right. So, you know, I developed chronic fatigue. I, I actually got cancer as well, which was a life threatening, obviously, uh, illness, you know, so again, the pattern life threatening, yeah. something happening to me. Uh, fortunately I did get through that. Um, and the chronic fatigue was like my body closing down and saying, we're not going anywhere until you sort this out. Mm. And that's when I started to think about, mm, there's something here I need to address. You know, I need to um, find out who I am, first of all. I mean, I'd lost touch with myself. It, was this, it felt like there was this lost little girl inside who wasn't being listened to or heard, you know, and I wanted to, to free her and know what that was or know what it felt like to be somebody, you know, because I just it was this empty shell uh, acting out for everybody else. Right. Um, so I, I started to, to look for things uh, to help me, you know, therapy um, and alternative uh, holistic things going on, different things, you no know, homeopathy, for example. Um, nothing really helping. I don't think normal therapy helps that much. It kind of moves the furniture around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, doesn't get to the root of the problem necessarily. I got to this place where I was so depressed, so much in pain. I'd actually, I'd spent about seven years crying continuously every day, so exhausted, um, that I, I actually came across um, something called The Journey, which was a weekend seminar that I said to myself, I need to attend this. I just something felt that I need to go there. And I also said, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to curl up in a corner and become a vegetable because there's nothing else I can do. You know, I've had enough, you know, I didn't want to commit suicide, but I just wanted to withdraw from the world completely. Right. And now, Joy, how old were you at this point? At this point, I was um, 40 something, 40, 42, something like that. So it was about 20 something years ago. Um, I'm 66 now. Okay. Wow. I would not have guessed that. You look fabulous. I would not have guessed. 66. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> so this went on for such a long time. It did. It did. Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. So you went to the weekend seminar. Yes. Yeah. And then what did you discover there? Yeah. At this weekend seminar, it was just absolutely amazing. This is where my turnaround happened. And it was a miraculous turnaround. I experienced um, a process whereby you go in, inside and connect with your inner wisdom and your inner wisdom brings forth what needs to uh, come to your awareness for healing to happen and I actually got a chance to speak to my rapist not physically you know but in this deep inner connection right it came up like speak to the rapist empty out what you need to say everything you know and there was a lot to say and empty out to your parents, you know, your mum, your dad, what I need to say to them that I've been holding, you know, feeling unsupported and, and, you know, with the rapist feeling disgusted and feeling like an object and, you know, fear for my life and all of that kind of thing. So we had it out, basically, emptied everything until I could feel a sense of completion. There was nothing else to say. And at that point, I was able to forgive them and forgive myself as well you know uh, there was a part of it where there was the present me and the younger me having a conversation you know um understanding each other and you know this child needed to express herself even going back to when she had these earlier memories as well and emptying all of that you know because it was all kind of tied together right and in, in fact going right back to the womb with this inner journey work um where i got the message from god in an experiential way first, but also I heard it. I've brought you, you did get disintegrated, but I brought you back together. So I experienced myself coming back together and being reintegrated into a wholeness, which is really beautiful. It's just, it's just amazing. And so emptying all of this to the, to the rapist and, and to my parents and so on. And to, and my first husband as well. I came out of that weekend completely cured of everything. No depression, no chronic fatigue, no pain. Oh. I was jumping, jumping for joy. Right. <laughs> My right. joy was unleashed, you know. Yeah. Uh, and before that, before, when I went into the weekend, I was almost in a wheelchair. I was kind of being helped in and sitting on a chair could hardly walk. Prior to that, the day before, I was crawling from room to room in my home to get from one place to another because I couldn't walk. I didn't have the energy or the, you know, it was too much pain. 
So they, you know, the, the contrast was absolutely amazing. And in fact, when I came out, I was singing and jumping and my son, who by then was 10 from my second marriage, he turned to me and he said, Ooh, I like you, mummy. <laughs> and I loved those words, you know, it's so precious. He likes the new mummy. It was like, wow, yeah. here we go. We've got a new beginning together. You know, it was absolutely amazing. And I was so wowed with all of that process that I decided to train in the method. So I became an inner journey practitioner and started to share that with, with people, you know. So, um, wow. And this is my mission now to do it on an even wider scale. Okay. So Joy, I just want to ask you when you're, when you were on this weekend retreat and yeah. you're emptying all of this out, are you talking this out loud to somebody? Are you talking this to yourself or, or is it a process that's very internal and it's all taking place inside? Uh, it's fun. Funnily enough, it's both. It's like a guided interactive meditation. So you have your eyes closed all the way through. So you're very connected to your inner, but you have somebody there who's kind of helping you to keep focus because otherwise you could easily kind of wander off, you know, and, and get distracted by things. And, you know, the, the person who's sitting with you helps you to keep the focus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So they might say things like, what did they say? What did you say? How did that feel? What do you need to say next? You know, what needs to happen? Things like that, which really, you know, help to keep the focus on it to, right. so that you can properly and not leave things out. So right. I think it's, it works, you know, with a guided practitioner there. Absolutely. Uh, so that, yeah. Yeah. So how was it painful to because we tend to want to bury the things that happen to us that are bad. And was it mm. painful when mm. you were going back through those steps? Because now physically you're in a very bad way mm. and, mm. you know, mentally, emotionally, and, and um, heartfelt things are trapped and stuck and, and you're not evolving mm. and growing as a woman in those regards, because everything is being so shut down. So what can you, Tell us about that experience, what that was like to have to be back in those moments again, because I would just assume that that would bring up so much pain, but I don't know, maybe not for you. It's a really interesting question. Uh, what happens is that you, you're taught first to connect with your um, bigger self. The, so you, you, you become mindful of what's happening inside of you. And you embrace all of that with a bigger embrace. We, you know, you see, you understand yourself to be this much bigger embrace that includes it all. And so you're witnessing the emotions and you're feeling the emotions, but you're not wallowing in the emotions. So you're not being pulled in so much that you're completely overwhelmed by them. Right. But you are allowing yourself to express them enough that they are being acknowledged and honoured. You know, so you, there are tears, for example, and anger, um, and, and, and you go through these levels of um, emotion. So you might be starting with, say, anger, and then you go to feeling rejected or feeling abandoned or feeling hopeless, feeling despair. But you're feeling them in a safe kind of holding or a safe kind of embrace, so you don't get overtaken by it. Right, right. Which is it's very beautiful. 
very beautiful to yeah. be able to do. Wow. And in a week, and I mean, I am just stunned yeah. by that because that is a lot of stuff that was going on for a long time. And yeah. in a weekend for that to be able to turn around. And it was in that weekend also when you realized that impact just in the birthing of you. And thank God that your mom was there for that because I think that's so damned adorable. <laughs> <laughs> as, you're, as you're being brought into this world, you know, ushered into this world from this this beautiful vessel your mother is bringing you into this world, and it was at that same moment on in that weekend retreat when you were able to feel that, see that, um, go back to that time of birth where you really felt that that um, shock in the world when you had come in? Were you, did you experience it there? I did, you know. I, I actually, I experienced it more fully than, than I remember because it was like a vague memory before, a vague feeling, if you like. But in, the, in that weekend, I actually experienced the fullness of it. Um, wow. And I allowed myself to feel the, the fullness of it. And it couldn't have words even because as a baby, I didn't have words at that time. Right. And there was just um, this gagging kind of thing of, ah, 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 like this. <laughs> it right. was very strange. It was strange to actually witness myself coming out with that as well and experiencing it like that. But the most beautiful thing was being brought back together. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, this reassurance that God is there, what the divine is there to, to, to really integrate and harmonize everything, even when things get disintegrated or, you know, damaged or in some way, you know, the integration's there. So that was such a lovely message. Right. Wow. And, and you got that message at that workshop. That's when you got that full message. I did indeed. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So I want to talk a little bit more about the work you do, but before we get to that, are your parents still with us? No, in fact, um, both of them died, um, I think, about 30 years ago now. Oh, three zero? Three zero. My mother died oh. at uh, 56 oh. of cancer, and my father died at uh, 58 of um, thrombosis. Wow. Okay. And, and how, how was that for you at, so 30 years ago, so at that time you had not gone through this process, right? I, no, I hadn't. That's okay. Right. So how, how was that? I mean, was it, it's almost like I would go ahead. Yeah. Um, in, within the family, we had developed this, I don't know if you call it culture or pattern of love pain you know the love pain connection yeah that love is pain so going through you know my father died first so there was a sense of intimacy with my mother of love sharing the pain of my father dying that's how i experienced that or me feeling love for my father and sharing the pain of him dying with him it felt very close yeah. um I didn't realize I had this pattern where I needed to be always linked into pain in order to feel love. When my mother died, I felt very much alone or it was a time that I have to grow up now. I've stopped being a child. I have to grow up. Yeah. So I started to 
it was a time for starting to take responsibility for myself. Wow. Uh, so it, it was it was very sad, of course, you know, um, very sad to see all that pain, very sad to lose them at such an early age and both at once. Right. More or less. I mean, they died within a couple of years of each other. Yeah. Um, so had you been able to forgive them before they passed away or did it all take place afterwards at this retreat and then any other work that you've done after that, the forgiveness piece? The forgiveness, I didn't even realize that I needed to forgive them uh, because I was so out of touch with myself that I didn't know myself needed that. Um, I was just so out of focus that I was just and out of touch with myself that I was just doing whatever they wanted me to do. And that was the way it was. Right. Wow. You know, so I, there, there was no blame um, um, because there was no person to feel that she needs to blame anybody. <laughs> if you understand that, you know, it's like there was, I, I was a nothing. I was a robot. I was an automaton, you know, it was a mask. Right. Um, I was, you know, I was so out of touch with myself. I was numb, basically, yeah. unless there was pain. I could feel pain. I couldn't mm -hmm. feel happiness, joy. Laughter was for the sake of other people. It wasn't a genuine, you know, spontaneous laughter on my part for me. Right. Uh, I couldn't feel delight you know it was all it was about achieving about being a good character and being a good mask you know yeah. and i was i was pretty good at it i felt a sense of achievement <laughs> and you know I, I i studied and achieved things i you know i gained qualifications um my parents wanted me to achieve and so i i did that you know um went to university and all of that um it didn't fulfill me it was right it was rather empty really you know yeah. there was something in me that wanted something but didn't know what it was yes and i love that because that's the thing and i think so many of us experience that it's i've made all of these achievements and they're empty achievements i don't feel anything from that and at the yeah. same time there's always this pull for i call it our becomingness growing mm. in to our full potential of, mm. of everything that, that we'll never mm. know everything that we can grow into because you know i think mm. we'd have to live i don't think we could ever die and, and we still would be growing into mm. our potential so i mean for me that's just so it's so amazing to go that many years and and we do that we do it all the time until we have whatever our kind of awakening is, um, and I know yeah. for you, the awakening was definitely going into that retreat and, yeah. you know, and then becoming a facilitator yourself. And I want to swing back to you making the cake because it made me think about my daughter. And I know you know that my story, how I got to where I, where I am now is my 18-year-old daughter was killed in a car accident. And, you know, of course, tragic and, and, you know, completely out of the blue, nothing you could expect. So, but I believe mm. she was about 10 years old and she had made a cake with frosting and, and she was taking the cake from in the pan and going from the counter and bringing it over to the table. And when she did, she had turned a little bit too quick and the pan fell out of her hand. And I believe it was a glass pan, if I'm not mistaken, fell out of her hand and it flipped upside down on the floor. And my mm. first response was, oh, my God, the mess. Like, I just can't believe we mm. have this huge mess on the yeah. floor. And then whatever it was, to me, I always say it was like a God smack. When you get that little thump in the back of your head going, it's a cake. You can clean it up. It's no big deal. So 
the, yeah. the four of us, my husband and I and my son and my daughter, we sat down and it could not have been glass. I take that back. That was another pan that she broke. She broke a lot of yeah. pieces, apparently. <laughs> but we sat down and, and we ate the cake off of the floor. And it was one of the most memorable moments that I had. And I always remember being so astonished in that moment that I was able to go from so upset and so angry about this mess. And then like this huge, oh my God, are you serious? It's nothing. Sit down. Love that little girl. Be part of that. And it just, we started saying like, that's how we're going to eat our cakes forever. Thank goodness we decided not to really do that. But yeah. So when you're making your cake on this chair, it's just, I mean, I can, I understand that point of view from a parent. And at the same time, I understand that, God, that just yes. had to have broken your heart. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was, I was so excited to share it with her. Right. You know, from excitement to complete devastation. It was such a switch. Right. Yeah. Why, mm-hmm. Right. And it seemed like just the flip-flop from what happened to me, the devastation of there's a mess on my floor to the delight of sitting down and eating cake off the floor, all four of us. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I've never been able to cook. Well, not cook, but I've never had an interest in baking cake since. So. <laughs> Is that right? All my life, I've not wanted to bake. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about you now, Joy. Where are you at now? I know you're on a mission to help a million people. So tell me how how you are doing all of that and how good it feels to be inside of your body. Uh, You know, I just love to see the transformation that happens with my clients and students, you know, and I it just that's it's just so magic for me. Um, yeah. to see, to join in that connection with them because when I'm working with someone, we're both diving into that wisdom, and I'm just surrendering to it and seeing what happens. It's like inner TV. <laughs> oh, I love that! It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I'm each time I'm celebrating, you know, I'm celebrating that transformation just for myself as I experienced it and as I continue to experience it. It continually nurtures and nourishes not just me, but, you know, everybody I work with. And the miracles that I've seen are just uh, tremendous, you know. And I was doing it on a small scale. I mean, I, I still have my businesses that I'm running with my husband, so it's, I couldn't be doing it full time. But I was taking clients privately and doing workshops and uh, groups and, and, and so on. And I just, you know, I said, I, you know, I've got to take this out more into the world that more people need to experience these miracles. It needs to be on a bigger scale. Yeah, good for <laughs> you. Know, you. Yeah. And, you know, each time it's like it's nurturing the joy in me. I'm connecting. It's like eating your favorite things, you know, and you, you, as you say, the cake, you know, you can eat the cake time and time again. And I, and I'm like that with my work, you know, I can, I can eat that cake time and time again. It's just, it never diminishes and it never, you know, gets boring or anything like that. Continual delights and curious adventures. It's just what drives me, you know, and it's also my give back. You know, because I feel like I've been blessed with this miracle. I've been blessed with um, this change, this transformation that, you know, maybe I 
could didn't ha wouldn't have had you know uh, perhaps you know I could have been all my life a robot as, right. as some people are so it's like I'm so grateful to have that I want to express that gratitude by spreading the word spreading the message you know spreading that hope and yes. delight in other people yeah. absolutely and isn't that just it because it seems like when we can take that negative thing or traumatic thing abusive horrible thing that happens to us when we can take that and turn it around and use that for something good it's like we can't it's almost like we never would know how joyful we could be if we hadn't experienced the brinks of that despair or being that robot for so long. Just what I was going to say, and it just gives me chills when you say that, you know, because that's the, the whole uh, beauty of that, you know, without your deepest pain, you can't experience your greatest joy. Right. It's just so part and parcel of it all, isn't it, really? Absolutely. Yes. Going down my spine. <laughs> yes. And and I think that when people understand that more, they start realizing because I do believe that that it's a flip side, that those yes. the deepest pain always has to have the opposite of something. And if we can yeah. know that, that those challenges that are showing up for us so many mm. times. Now, of course, we would never wish anything that happened to you you know, or, or the, the death of a yeah. child, or we would never wish that on anybody. Yeah. But when circumstances happen to us and things happen to us, if we can remind ourselves that the flip side of this has to be something so big and so joyful and so beautiful mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I am going to look for that thing and I'm going to take the steps to get to that thing instead of being held down here on the hollow and not ever climb out of this because so many people just, right? I mean, the same thing, if you hadn't gone to this workshop, you were just going to curl up in a ball and not take your life, but you were going to check out. I'm just done. Yeah. I can't do yeah. this anymore. And the intervention, like, what are the chances that that happened then? And that to me is always divine intervention. That God's hand is in all of this. Definitely. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry that you went through everything that you went through. And I am, and I'm so honored and I applaud you for where you are now and the work that you're doing now. And how is it, I know you said you're taking this now onto a, a bigger scale. You're not playing small with this anymore and you want to yeah. touch 1 million lives. How are you doing that? What is, what are the steps that you're taking to do that now, Joy? Okay. Well, one of the things is I've, I've written a book, uh, which is due to launch, uh, in, the end of May, which is, I'm, t I'm <laughs> I keep playing with the title. The title is Joy Unleashed. Uh, and sometimes I call it Goodbye Suffering, Hello Joy. So yeah. it, it's, it's the same thing in a way. So this is what I'm um, about to, to launch. And I'm, I want to reach people through that. They can read the book. And this is how I actually came to this weekend retreat. I, th there was a book which explained uh, the journey that this lady had been on. And she'd been through cancer and survived. And, and she developed this method of healing. Um, so when I read the book, and then I was drawn to find out, you know, more about her at the back of the book, I rang the number that was there and found out there was this retreat happening. 
So in a similar way, you know, through my book, I want people to be able to reach out and then find out that there are uh, programs that I'm offering, retreats that I'm offering, you know, uh, that they can follow and, um, and benefit from. So this is how I'm hoping to, to get out there and get known and reach people and share miracles together. Yes, yes. I love that. Share miracles together, right? Because I, I ultimately, I think we all want to heal. I think that's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, Joy, you're located in England. Will your retreats be taking place in England or will that be around the world or do you, do you know yet? Yes, I've, I've already had two. Um, I hosted one in Mauritius uh, last December and I hosted one in Morocco uh, in April last year. Well, you're um, picking so, fun yeah, places. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes <laughs> if you're gonna go go big and be be in great places right <laughs> i love it so i'm oh. looking forward to choosing more uh, exotic locations around the globe yeah <laughs> absolutely i love it i love it so joy as we start to bring this in for a landing one of the things that that just keeps coming back and um, I feel like I'm getting a weird echo here. I'm hoping not. Um, I'm your name, how your name is joy, because we speak joy so often, you know, bringing joy into your life or feeling the joy that's abundant around you and engaging in the joy that, you know, just that nature offers. And it's almost like it, it was your calling from your name to be able to be in this place of joy because all of your work literally revolves around joy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. The truth about my name is that it became joy. It started out as Josephine oh. and um, Josephine actually means the worker or the struggler. <laughs> Uh, so I wasn't very happy about that. And and over over the years, my name had been shortened to Joe. And I added the why to it because I was asking, asking why. Yeah. Why is this happening to me? Or, you know, why am I here? So just by adding the why, and, and also my my dream, my vision for myself was to connect with joy. So oh. I decided one of the best ways to do that would be to become joy in name and allow that to um, unfold and it has been unfolding it's amazing the power of a name absolutely um, yeah yeah so you know this is my story of the development of joy <laughs> from struggle and and work to delight and uh, fun and adventures right Wow. I am amazed by that because again, I didn't know, I didn't know you started off as Josephine and then went to Joe and then asking the question, why? I mean, perfect. All of a sudden you become joy and you live right into your name. It's just yes. wonderful. Uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah. So Joy, how, how can the listeners contact you? And I know that you have a free gift that you would like to offer to the listeners. If I can do this correctly, I believe they can get your free gift by going to joy 
at trulytransformational.co.uk forward slash negative. Well, stop there. Stop. Uh, If you want to contact me, it is joy at trulytransformational.co.uk. That's the kind of uh, my emailing. Uh, But if you want to pick up the gift, then you can go straight to the site, which is trulytransformational.co.uk forward slash and then I forgot (laughs) negative Um, emotion the gifts they bring with dashes in between each one of those words negative dash emotions dash the dash gifts dash they dash bring and listeners please know that this will all be on the show notes you won't have to stop driving your car and try to write this down myself Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, I love it. It's just part of being human, isn't it? And it's it's just it's part of being human. It's part of this being live, and it's just fabulous. So I love it. I love it. It just when we can relate to one another. I think I go blank when I look at the word negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, right? There's some, or maybe that's saying something to you. Maybe we need to do something like that. I'm not sure, but. But I just love when we get to be real. It's you know, right. We're all on this path together. We've all had our own traumas and our own pains have shown up. And the most important part that I'm hoping listeners are getting is that it doesn't matter how traumatic that event is or that incident is, you can rise above that. You can come to terms with that. You can rise above that. And you, I mean, like, Look at what you're doing, Joy. You're out there and you're doing these retreats and you're helping a mission of a million people. That's enormous. I love that. And I have no doubt that you're going to hit that. And the same thing where I do coaching, I do retreats, the same exact thing from my loss, I get to turn that into helping other people. And I really do Mm. believe that's what this world is all about, helping one another Mm. along their path. And and I, I believe it's the beginning of world peace. That's I'm not saying that just to say that. I know, it's exciting. I know, it feels like there's this awakened consciousness happening and everybody's kind of jumping onto it. It's fabulous. Absolutely. And you can just feel that energy and you can hear it in your voice when you say that. Yeah, there's something big going on and we're part of it and all of us are part of it. How great is that? It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, Joy, I want to thank you again for being here and remind the listeners all of Joy's contact information and her free gift will be on the show notes. So no worries with that. And Joy is located in uh, the UK. However, she does these really fun retreats in exotic, fun places. So um, definitely worth checking out. So, Joy, thank you so much. And, and before we close, if you have um, any last words of wisdom for the listeners, I would love for you to share that. Thank you, Neda. It's been really uh, lovely speaking to you today and being a guest on your show. I've loved it. Me the... too. <laughs> thank you. I think one of, the, one of the things I'd like to say is whatever is happening to you, not to lose hope. that there's always a potential that you can dive into and access and from there you can thrive you can really thrive it's possible I want to give hope that it's possible and I've been right down to the bottom and, and I'm here now so 
and I've heard so many stories of people that also have been there and got through and and all of my students and clients just know that there's a way through and on the other side it's absolutely wonderful absolutely worth whatever you're going through <laughs> to get to that place where you can find joy and find appreciation and gratitude for where you are and what you've been through yeah yeah the other side made everything well worth it absolutely Ah, well, God bless you, Joy. I have enjoyed this so very much, and we will be keeping in touch. And to everybody out there listening, sending you love and blessings, and knowing that you got some great information from Joy today. And I look forward to talking to you all next Monday. Have a blessed rest of your week. Bye bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.